Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I spent Thursday night in Ashburn for the NFL Draft, where where I got to uh, be there as the Washington Commanders selected Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dodson in the first round. And yet that almost feels like not the big story of the day. Uh, but it's a good one, or notable one, I, I should say at least, as the commanders intent on helping Carson Wentz and giving their offense another weapon did just that with a playmaker, playmaking receiver from Penn State. Uh, but when I say that it didn't feel like it was necessarily the the headline of the night, that's because Washington traded down from 11 to 16 picked up a third-round pick and an extra fourth, giving them eight overall now in the draft, which I think is a key note here. But they also, with that trade, traded away the chance to draft, say, either Chris Olave or Jamison Williams, two other wide receivers who went before Dotson was picked. They also passed on Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, who ended up going 14 to the Ravens. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting situation to watch over time. In addition to that, there's some Terry McLaurin tangential news in the air, which I'll get to in a moment. But first, let me just say that my guest on the episode today, my colleague at The Athletic, the great David Aldridge, uh, David and I spoke last night. We were both in Ashburn. We went outside the uh, the, the media room, as it were, and, and, and stood in the, uh, it wasn't too cold outside, but in the brisk air uh, late night to, to discuss what did we think of, of Dotson and uh, uh, and uh, you know, kind of where things stand now with Washington and so on. And yes, it, I got David Aldridge. We, we had to talk NBA for a second, so uh, I'll get to that conversation in a moment here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you do your podcasting. Uh, as always, I mentioned, or not always, but I often mention, if you're an iTunes person, you have a second to drop a rating and review. I, I really do appreciate it. And since we're here coming to the end of the draft season, um, you know, if you really, if you enjoy the coverage, we had a ton of people on, obviously I talk about the draft a lot. We'll get to that in a, in a second as well my, with my draft situation. Um, but anyway, there's a lot. If you, if, if you enjoyed it, I definitely appreciate you taking that, you know, 20, 30 seconds, whatever it is. It helps a lot. Um, all right. So, and also I will just say, you can read my work on the athletic, my, I had a couple different stories from yesterday, including the Jahan Dodds and Terry McLaurin of it all for uh, the Commanders. Uh, w- again, David and I talk about Dotson and the fits. I won't get into that too much, but, you know, Washington made it pretty clear that they wanted to get another playmaker on offense. Receivers seemed the likely spot at 11 because there just weren't a lot of other options they could go. They could go receiver. They could go Kyle Hamilton, and that was kind of about it. And obviously, Kyle Hamilton doesn't play offense. They really didn't have a lot of other places to go. Now, when they dropped down to 16, on the one hand, it could have gone in a few different ways. The following pick was an offensive lineman, Zion Johnson, who's, who has the position flexibility Rivera covets. You're a little bit closer to some linebackers, uh, but there's still no tight end, no running back that you're looking at. There were some cornerbacks on the board. And I guess, you know, we, we at a minimum, there's a need for defensive line depth. They passed on that as well to go for a receiver. Uh, Dotson was rated 25th by Dane Brugler, our draft analyst. Um, and 
you know, you can't always, it's not always a direct correlation between where a prospect is rated by an analyst versus where they get drafted. There's, there's a lot of different variables, position flexibility, uh, or sorry, 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 position viability, position value. Um, and also what's the board looking like? And in this case, four receivers went off the board before Washington picked Dotson. Uh, Drake London, who of course we've spoken about for weeks, he went number eight to Atlanta. That was my ultimate prediction la- uh, going into last night. And that I believe that was what Washington would have done. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State went 10 to the Jets. At 11, the Saints traded up with Washington and took Chris Olave. And then you had the Detroit Lions trading up to debt Jamison Williams, leaving Washington, if they wanted a receiver, with essentially Dodson or Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas. Very different types of players. Burks is more of that Debo Samuel type. Everybody has made that comp. 6'2", rugged, uh, and, and, you know, playmaker. I think a lot of people generally had Burks over Dodson. I don't necessarily know by leaps and bounds. Both were in, like, the mock draft circuit were projected a little bit lower, you know, sort of in the in the 20s. But, you know, that that's not a huge deal. And like I said, if you had waited, there wouldn't be much more to wait. They, they were the last two receivers picked in the first. Dotson, 16. Burks was 18 to the Titans, which we'll get to what they did in a second. So, um, you know, I, look, I'm of the belief that, yes, the offense could use more. But at the same time, I, I don't think it was the, the screaming need that so many others did because, in theory, Curtis Samuel will be back. Deami Brown, I think, is going to play better. He certainly can't play worse, probably, than he did his rookie year, I'm sure you're saying. But I think he, sh- he should be uh, has a chance to be productive. Cam Sims is still around. That's always more of a hope, but, you know, it hasn't gotten there yet. Anyway, um, but they did what they did. What's going to be interesting, I think, is what happens next as we go into day two. Um, I'll probably do another podcast after the draft, so I'm not going to come back after tomorrow. But, you know, with a with the pick number 47 plus a third, you know, I imagine Washington will use one of those picks on a back seven defender. So whether that's another safety to to play that Buffalo nickel position or if it's an actual linebacker who can maybe do some of those things as well or even just simply play Linebacker, I think to me, I've been expecting that at least one of those spots uh, to be to be selected on day two. And then from there, you know, offensive line is still a huge priority for this team. So that's a possibility. And then from there, you just, you know, a matter of defensive line depth, cornerback depth. And of course, I've talked plenty about running backs. I still imagine they want to get one. Again, it could be free agency, but I would imagine they would still like to get one even though they just added a skill player here with Dotson. So we'll get some more about him here with with uh, David Aldridge in a moment. But I mentioned the Titans taking Traylon Burks. Well, that's in part because they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles uh, in, a, in a shocking deal. The Eagles get a couple things, including – or the Titans get a couple things, including that 18th pick, which they used on Burks. The Eagles then gave A.J. Brown a four-year, $100 million contract that is connects directly to Terry McLaurin's deal uh, in, in terms of, you know, because they are both part of that 2019 receiver class. So that is a that is a note for sure. You can read my article on The Athletic 
for more about that. Um, other than that, just some quick draft notes. Only one quarterback picked in the first round. We have talked plenty about the quarterback situation, and I will just say that whatever your reservations are on Carson Wentz, and I get it, two teams in the last two years have said to Carson Wentz, hey, it's been real, <laughs> but we're moving on, even even with you know um, ha- having made some s- some investments or, or, or having to, to, to take on some big salary cap hits to get it done. But as we discussed at that point, whatever you think of Carson Wentz, who is not nearly as bad as some people act that he is, it was also about the landscape. And part of that landscape was Washington not liking these rookies. Now, whether they are right or wrong is to be determined ultimately. But what is clear is they were not alone in this assessment because only Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett went in the first round. The teams didn't even trade into the back of the first to get that fifth-year option on a Malik Willis or a Desmond Ritter. Um, Matt Corral and Sam Howell are the other two names that get mentioned a lot. Uh, so I think that's you know I think that should give you a little more comfort into the Wentz trade, which is different than saying Wentz is going to be really good in terms of the why they did it. It'd be one thing if like three or four quarterbacks went off the board last night. Be like, hmm, why, what do they see that Washington doesn't? It appears that everybody's on the board with the idea that this class just really was not that impressive, and it reflected last night. Um, I mentioned Philly. I think Philly, I think Philly did a really good job. Not only did they acquire AJ Brown, which gives them a dynamic receiver to go with Devontae Smith, but they also traded up in the draft to take Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis, an absolute uh, athletic freaky guy in the middle of the defense, you know, a 340-pounder who can chase down ball carriers. Um, you know, I, I don't believe he was ever an option for Washington unless the Duran Payne situation escalated, which, you know, as I mentioned, while Washington has been open to trading him and do not expect are not expected to sign him to an extension, they were not um, – I, I don't think they were looking to take Davis just from a depth perspective and all that. So the Eagles made some big moves last night. Uh, you know, just to stay in the division, the Cowboys selected an offensive lineman, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. I've been projecting them to take an offensive lineman the whole time. They did that. The Giants, interesting night, they take Oregon – or pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau with the fifth overall pick and then Evan Neal the offensive lineman from Alabama two picks later those were two areas of need for them uh the other big news from out of New York they did not pick up the fifth year option on quarterback Daniel Jones so he will enter this year um you know essentially a prove it or, or you're out kind of deal they can always franchise tag him as we know but um the Giants went down that route beyond that what else can we say uh, a, uh Trayvon Walker goes number one to the Jags it felt like that was the way it ultimately worked out I think even a week ago when I had Evan Silva on here um he was calling for that and I was still saying I was in the Hutchinson camp but you know soon thereafter it just became apparent that that was the way it was heading and, and I'm my my uh um final mock draft kind of reflected that Hutchinson goes two I, I'm still confused by Derek Stingley going three to the Texans, obviously a very good player, but wow, he basically didn't do anything. His last two years of college between injuries and just poor play, he did as a freshman have such a dynamic year. 
that he was, for some, arguably the best cornerback in the entire country as a freshman. And really, teams must have, or at least Houston, just must have absolutely loved that year and his just traits in general to have made him the third overall pick. Knowing, by the way, that a cornerback in Sauce Gardner went to the very next pick, and they still took Stingley first. So, wild night there on that on that front. Uh, beyond that, what else? The you know offensive linemen go in the middle in, in the uh, uh, go six, seven, and nine. Uh, mentioned Drake London going to Atlanta at eight. Uh, you know, I think those are interesting things. Uh, Cole Strange, the center from Tennessee Chattanooga, going in the first round of the Patriots. That was um, probably the biggest surprise of the night from an individual player perspective. But, uh, you know, hey, who who are we to doubt New England? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They've had some weird first-round picks, but we'll see about this one. So uh, so that's what's going on, I guess, my thoughts on there. Um, again, the day two is I'm talking to you guys on uh, Friday morning. Day two kicks off around like 7 o'clock tonight. We will be getting Jahan Dotson for a press conference around 2 o'clock on Friday. So that will be happening. And then, um, so Washington has two picks today at this point, And then another five on Saturday to close out the draft. Um, they could of course trade for more. I should mention Martin Mayhew said yesterday that they had a chance to trade down again from 19. He did or from 16. Sorry. Didn't say for what, but he said it was later in the first round. You know, can't say they should have done that. Um, but I would be curious to know. We'll, we'll see if I can find out one day. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, mostly saying this because I, w- I appreciate people who have been kind to, to note, but you know, it's been discussed here that I've had some success in the Huddle Reports annual mock draft contest. Uh, I did not feel very confident, not going to lie, going into this. Uh, typically, but one, this is a crazy year, and two, you really have to hit at the top, and I knew – by the time I had submitted my draft, I realized later that I was going to get the Stingley pick wrong. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I didn't get off to a great start. But <laughs> I did rally. And ultimately came in tied for first. And that's not bad. I'll take it. It's the third time I've, I've, I've gotten the chance to win. I believe I'm the only, t- tied for with uh, Rick Gosselin, longtime reporter with the, in Dallas. Um, as only three-time winners, so I don't know. It's a wacky bit. I appreciate everybody being kind about it and uh, patting me on the back. We, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there, but that did happen. I just want to say I, I really appreciate everybody on Twitter, at Ben Standig, or um, if you know me, for reaching out. I appreciate that for sure. All right, let's get to this conversation here with David Aldridge. We spoke last night after the Dodson pick, after we spoke to Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Let's go to it right here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right. Joining me here, standing outside the uh, media room here at, uh, what are we calling this place now? Command Commander's Center? Commander's Park. Commander's <laughs> Park. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, joining me here, of course, is uh, my my uh, teammate, so to speak. He is uh, the great David Aldridge. And uh, we just talked to Ron Rivera Martin Mayhew yeah. about why they made the choice that they made with Jahan Dotson. Um, you wrote yesterday about this team needs to get offense. Yeah, they did get offense. So do you think they fulfilled? Uh, I mean, we'll have to see how he plays. Do you think they right. f- night one fulfilled that mission? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that you know they had to. I think add another receiver. I mean, I don't know. I know they're giddy about their receiving core, but if you look at other than Terry McLaurin, what do you really have? I mean, you've got. 
Curtis Samuel, who hasn't really played here yet, and you've got De'Ami Brown, who was not all that good last year in his rookie year, now, albeit with a not as good quarterback as you need. Um, and if you look at some of the stats, they say that he was actually open a lot and just never got the ball. So, you know, we'll see with him. And Cam Sims, who's been, you know, kind of potential-based since he's been here and hasn't really, you know, shown that potential on a, on a consistent basis. So I just think they had to add somebody else. And, and again, I didn't care which one they took. I just think they had to take somebody. I like Burks a little bit more um, than Dotson, but I don't hate Dotson. You know, I mean, he's he's a good receiver. And so um, I think that's a, that's a plus for them. And the fact that they were able to get extra picks, I think, is just – huge i mean they, you know they had was it the second fewest picks coming into the draft they were it's definitely on the bottom towards the bottom yeah of the list. i mean something yeah. like that so they needed more picks and now they've got two more picks and 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 have the flexibility i think to go in a lot of different directions depending on how the board shakes out in day two yeah i mean i'm almost more excited about the extra picks just from the possibility than i am the player which isn't yeah. to say that dotson isn't, isn't good um, you know, his, his, he's going to have a fun he's, he's got a fun YouTube uh, package, I'm sure, out there because you just see the basic highlights on TV. Sure. It's one phenomenal catch after another. Sure. Um, he was not somebody that was on my radar, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on picking 11. Yeah, right. He right. wasn't somebody mentioned. He wasn't in that group of five. And, right. and even if they had traded down sort of like they did, it was thinking more like oh, Chris Olave or Traylon Burks, Burks, who yeah. they actually worked out and right. give a private workout in right. Arkansas. Uh, I think it was last week. I've lost track of time here. Um, so, yeah, so to that end, I mean, I, I think, like, when they were pursuing – when it, when we were all thinking Drake London was the potential answer, he obviously went 8 to Atlanta, yeah. so there wasn't a chance there. Garrett Wilson went 10, uh, and then they traded out of 11, and the Saints took Chris Olave, Jameson Williams went. So they had the, the, the choice for the fifth guy. Um, yeah, Dotson wasn't even really the uh, in that mix for me. And I think uh, what I was thinking about London, he gave you a different dimension because yeah. of the size. Dodson is more in the same size as right. McLaurin and Samuel. Yeah. Uh, Rivera saying he likes his catch radius, that he can go up and make these plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, doesn't give you a bigger guy. I thought with Carson Wentz, part of the thought would be he sure. he does he's historically been better with taller receivers. Yeah. Yeah. They still have Camp Sims. You have your tight ends, but they didn't do that there. Um, it's a solid pick. I guess my only quasi criticism is is you could see the tunnel vision on this mm-hmm. for a while. They were dead set on getting offense, and, and just to be clear, I gave Kyle Ham, I gave them Kyle Hamilton in my yeah. mock, but that was I as I wrote, I London would be gone, and I didn't, I don't know, I I I I, I, I didn't I didn't trust that Chris Olave at eleven, but okay, that aside, yeah. it seems that's my only issue. It feels like they were maybe forced it a little because Dotson went a little higher on the the general consensus of boards. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he can play. Yeah. Higher is all relative. Right. But that was my only concern. It's like they were determined to do this yeah. they did it okay so i guess now we'll see uh what where things go from here um so yeah it's an interesting miss what, what did anything that mayhew or, or rivera say uh kind of stand out to you about any of this it's kind of funny hearing rivera throw up at state's quarterback under the bus this kid sucks it's incredible it's incredible that Totson caught any balls at all essentially is what he was saying so that was kind of funny. Um, but no, no, I, again, I think if they had taken Burks, everybody would have gone, oh, yeah, that makes total sense what they did, sure. you know. But the fact that they didn't take Burks and, and took Dotson, I think, is where some people, and, and it's fair. I mean, it's fair. He was not on anybody's radar. So um, it's fair to say that maybe that it's a reach. We'll find out, you know. Um, 
I, I do think, you know, I'll be very curious to see. I, I think, to your point, I don't know about, I don't know if forcing is the word, but it certainly feels like with that second round pick that Rivera desperately wants to take an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? Like I have a feeling like he really wants to take an offensive lineman and we'll see if, if they wind up doing that or not. Um, but um, you know, there are still some pretty good defensive rushers on the board, not their area of need. I understand right. that. And there's definitely back seven guys, the the, yeah. the, the, the day two linebackers like Chad Muma, Troy Anderson. Yeah. I, I think Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor, who I like is still there. Jawan Brisker, another Penn State guy. Yeah. So they can address that need if they want round two. The good thing is, as we mentioned with the trade, they do have no, now other picks. I think it's eight picks total. Right. Martin Mayhew said, at least he sounded like he was comfortable with what they had. They always can make other moves, sure. of course. You know, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Probably no long snapper trade this year. But right. <laughs> other than that, they can always make some other moves. But getting to eight, now you can fill in more of those gaps, your, yeah. your depth and things like that. The yeah. next one, the next one, maybe the next two guys who can play significantly. But after that, you just kind of fill in the gap. So I do think that is important mm-hmm. because they have a lot, <laughs> a lot of holes still out there. They have a lot of holes. And, you know, on the defensive side, and I never – the thing about Hamilton was that, I mean, and I think Rivera kind of hinted at it. You may, I, I think you may have written about it. I know somebody that, does, you know, the fact that they that they need a Buffalo nickel does not mean they have to take a safety to play that position. Right. You know, he mentioned Shaq Thompson the other day. So, I mean, it, it could be any, you could be, a, you know, just a, a linebacker that they think can play that position. So, um, so I certainly would expect them to take a linebacker, if not, day two than day three, um, you know, along with an offensive lineman, I think. I don't know, obviously, the board as well as you do. I mean, if there's a cornerback there that they really think pops, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I would look at offensive line and linebacker, I would almost certainly think would be their picks, next yeah. two picks on the board um, uh, going forward. And I do think they'll take a running back. I just think it'll be later. Right. I mean, we've, uh, we've talked a lot about the running back situation here and, and uh, you know, the I would imagine they'll get somebody, and it could be in free agency as well. But that's yeah. somebody of like some substance yeah, this to cut. June cuts, June one cuts r- r- might give somebody, might give somebody up. <laughs> right. Um, let's talk about the other sort of story of the day, which is tangentially related here, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles acquired AJ yeah. Brown. Yeah. Now, I guess the more important way I should have phrased that is the Tennessee Titans traded AJ Brown, who's one of these 2019 receivers due for a big deal after this offseason of yeah. wide receivers getting paid. Obviously, we're all paying attention to Terry McLaurin here. Yeah. Um, I asked Rivera about that in the press conference, about what he thought of A.J. Brown, and he gave the, well, they did what they felt they needed to do. Yeah. And he also said they, he felt that probably the Titans felt that they were um, – Right, the, I think the Titans gonna, drafted him. Burks was just going to replace him, essentially. Right, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll, I we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but that, that's the way to look at it and, you know, asked about what he thinks this means for McLaurin because not only did they make the trade, Brown was given a new deal. Yeah. The, I think the rough number is like four for 100. The, yeah, the we'll, first numbers. Yeah. Right, the first numbers. We'll see what the real math is <laughs> right, right, right. on that. Um, yeah. Rivera did say that they've begun negotiations. I kind of yeah. guess I sort of assumed we all assumed that much to some degree. Yeah. But it is notable. I mean, as you know, we were all waiting for Debo Samuel to get traded, so that could still happen. Right. I don't think DK Metcalf has said, and that none of that means they would trade McLaurin. And Rivera said they wouldn't. Yeah. It does just mean the market continues to adjust and probably go up, and Terry McLaurin's number goes up, and yeah. this is a huge deal. That this is you know beyond Dotson. Yeah. This is the receiver we really need to pay sure. attention to. Sure, sure. And and I, I don't think anything happened. I mean, I don't know that there's any more deals that are going to change 
what the market is for Terry McLaurin. You know what I mean? I and mean, what I mean by that is his number's set. I mean, he, his guy is going to say he's worth whatever he's worth, you know, 27, 28, 29 million a year, and that's what it is. And if you don't give it to me, well, somebody else will in a year, you know, so I mean, they'll give us more. Um, and so I, I, you know, I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of a scenario where they're not going to give Terry Dot, Terry McLaurin a contract. I just I just can't come up with one that would make any sense, even if it were to to trade for DJ, you know, trade for Metcalf or trade for Debo Samuel. I just McLaurin is so central to their whole being in terms of what they say is important about being on this football team and type of people they want around here. And I don't know how you don't pay the guy that's the living embodiment of that, you know, what he what he deserves. So, um, and, and taking a receiver, and this is the other thing, like you take a receiver, now you don't have to pay him for five years, you know. So, so you you've invested in the wide receiver position by giving Terry McLaurin a big deal. There's nobody else you're paying big money to. So. Uh, and you're not going to pay big money to anybody else for a while. You don't have to pay De'Ami Brown for a few more years, you know. So they don't have to put any more money into wide receiver, which is another reason to give it to McLaurin. Right. I mean, I do wonder at some point, does there become a point where you're like, okay, look, uh, we can't really just pay anybody anything. I mean, obviously the, the Packers and Chiefs decided guys who are better mm. than Terry McLaurin, yeah. at least they had been to their career, <laughs> they decided there was a limit. Yeah. And, you know, you do have to wonder at some point and uh, – but this is also the position this organization is in. It's not solely on Ron Rivera, but the idea of losing McLaurin isn't just a play. It's what he represents right. off the right. field. That That is why I think for his agent, I think, has a pretty good leverage beyond just the fact that no he's question. a really good uh, a really good uh, player. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, on that front. Um, I feel like there was something else I was just going to ask you, but it has escaped my brain. So I just will end with this. I, I have to ask you, you know, since you're you, sure. NBA playoffs. What's your what 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 for you? Give me anything that stood out to you at this point that just uh, you know. Just, just I tell you what, just watching and uh, you know, again, Dotson talked about it. he was watching yeah, Suns Pelicans. That's, that's so right. was I. So I mean, just the, the Pelicans were just phenomenal. And I say that as somebody who didn't think they they should be in the playoffs. I at didn't all. see that they win. They, no, they lost, oh. but they gave Phoenix all they wanted. It was like, you know, 4.114, 110 or something like that. So Phoenix wins the series, but but they were phenomenal. New Orleans was phenomenal and just competitive and played hard. And all of their young guys competed at an incredibly high level. And Willie Green's done a remarkable job. Um, and kudos to them, man. I mean, I, again, I don't, I will say again, I don't think New Orleans deserved to be in the playoffs. They were 10 games under 500. They got in a cockamamie play-in tournament and they won that and got in and, and they played great. Um, so kudos to them. And, you know, the future looks really, really bright. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they work Zion into this group. Zion didn't do anything with this group, right. and this group's got some some cachet now to say, well, he needs to adjust to us now, not the other way around. And so, you know, what happens to Herb Jones minutes and people like that that got big minutes in part, not totally, but in part because Zion wasn't there. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see. Um, I was I was. I was going to say Golden State. I mean, not that I wasn't expecting yeah. something, but you didn't quite know because, right. you know, they've been off the off the radar a little bit. Not yeah. off the radar, but they hadn't been at the championship right, level. Right. They certainly looked that form. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if, the, you know, they go up against somebody with size, what happens. But, you know, they certainly look good. And with Devin Booker 
uh, you know, banged up at least that, you know, maybe Phoenix is not as um, strong right. as we all thought. Yeah, going in. well, I mean, Phoenix is is good. I, I, I was I am surprised that that they got such a tough series. Now, Booker being hurt was part of that, but but that they got such a tough series. Now, I, I as we tape this, I don't know if, if Dallas has closed out Utah or if Utah got forced in a game seven. Um, but I certainly would think Phoenix would be favored over either of those teams, although I think Dallas could give them a pretty interesting series. Um, Dallas is up six with five minutes to go. There you go. So if Dallas closes it out, it'll be Dallas-Phoenix. I would I would favor Phoenix, although Dallas is a very good defensive team and has been most all season long. Um, but to your point about Golden State, I mean, they, they are really good. Um, and, and Jordan Poole just changed the whole calculus of that franchise. You know, they, they have always kind of operated on this two tracks thing the last couple of years, which is we're going to bring in young guys to kind of play alongside our aging veterans. And at some point in the near future, those young guys will take over. But Jordan Poole is like, it's like a perfect bridge. Like he's good enough to play with the aging core right now. And, and, and play at a high level, so they really it kind of open reopens their potential championship window. So um, they're they're they're. I would love to see Golden State and Phoenix in a seven game series. I think that'd be fantastic. I mean, look, you can't have a better deal than a guy last name Poole joining the Splash Brothers. Right. It's too perfect. Um, lastly, yeah. you can be quick as you want. Well, I'll go out here. You mentioned the Jordan Poole really helped kind of change the calculus for Golden State. I haven't talked to you, I don't think, on the podcast since Washington did what they did getting Carson Wentz and now yeah. whatever. Do you, how much do you think that changes the calculus? They have more work to do, but it is obviously a huge focus on that one guy. So how much for you does that change the well, calculus? Well, I mean, you know, Rivera talked about it. The fact that they think they have a legit quarterback meant that they had to go get more weapons for a legit quarterback, right? That they had to kind of – and that's what I wrote about on Thursday, which, you know, was, all right, well, you know – a, a a really good offense helps the defense. You know, if, a, if the offense is scoring 30 a game, that helps the defense be, be better and and not have to concentrate, not have to win 18-15 every week. You know, so um, why not try to have a great offense to go along with your not as good defense? But if there's any upside with that defense, you you know you're thinking, you're hoping. And all at some point, all these first-round picks will finally live up to what we expected of them, um, and maybe they won't. But there, I think there's more chance of that happening than them kind of running it back with the offense they had last year, which was just non-existent. You know, like so. Um, now, I mean, we will find out. I am by no means saying Carson Wentz has solved the problem. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I think they that, think he solved the problem. I mean, at a minimum, to their credit, you know. They won seven games last year when they lost their starting quarterback four seconds into the year. The defense massively underachieved. Taylor Heineke did whatever he could, but obviously he's limited. Against the ridiculously hard schedule. Really really hard schedule. And then, you know, obviously the the, the COVID thing, everybody had to deal with some of it, but theirs seemed to be particularly rough. All that, they got the seven wins, and now you have a quarterback, despite whatever Jim Ursay thinks of Carson Wentz, (laughs) he gives you more options with the playbook, with his arm, and and just basic talent. So, yeah, like you said, it's definitely a – everybody should be waiting to see versus saying it's all done. (laughs) We're going to find out, you know? And so let's find out at least he's got, at least they got a guy that can make, make all the throws, you know, which they haven't had since Kirk Cousins left, frankly. I mean, basically they haven't. 
Um, what was when was that? 2017. Yeah, I mean maybe like healthy Alex Smith to a degree, yeah, but, but even, even but even, even, even before Alex Smith got hurt, he, he wasn't making all the throws. Right, 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 right. That was more competence than like yeah, a, he aggressive just wasn't nature. Yeah, you over, right? Right, so, right? Which is fine. I mean, you can win that way. I'm not saying you right. can't, but. They haven't had literally in five years, six years, they haven't had a guy that can make all the throws. Right. You know, and now now they have a guy who at least theoretically can. So we'll find out. We'll find out. Absolutely. David, always appreciate it. Uh go, go go I'll let you go watch the end of the Dallas game. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. And um please don't please don't sleep out here tonight. <laughs> no. I would never do that. <laughs> all right. Many thanks to David Aldridge. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast. Uh, we'll be back on, uh, you know, after the draft to break down what happened. And we'll start to, at that point, look ahead to free agency. What holes still remain? What are the some players that could potentially help? And whatever else is happening here with regard to this team, Terry McLaurin, or anything else. That is it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya. <laughs>